We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com postgame show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Well, what we just witnessed was the worst loss of the Lakers season, maybe one of the worst losses we've seen in years. The Lakers completely fumble away this game, losing at the buzzer to a Pacers team. This game was done. This game was over. And the Lakers didn't do the bare minimum that they needed to in order to just finish this thing and walk it across the line. Instead, giving up three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer, turning the ball over, missing layups over and over again in order to hand this game to the Indiana Pacers. Given the Lakers' record and where they're at, they had no margin for doing this. No luxury existed for this Lakers team to do what we just witnessed them do. That's what we get to talk about tonight. Unfortunately, this was not going to be a very positive show, regardless of how things ended as the final buzzer sounded. If the Lakers had won the game, it still would have felt like they barely hung on, and we would have been talking about that. But still, this is much worse than barely hanging on, finding a way to lose when their record is sitting where it's at. And we saw other teams lose tonight in the Western Conference. This would have been an opportunity to move up the Lakers, again, found a way to lose this game. So Lakers fans, I know a lot of people are not happy, and rightfully so. Uh, nobody should be happy after seeing what you just did. Again, this is one of the worst losses that we've seen in, in quite some time, and the blame falls squarely onto the shoulders of, of this Lakers team. There's no question that this is on the late. This is not some miraculous comeback by the Pacers. This is not the Pacers just did amazing things. This is the Lakers just handing this game over down the stretch due to their own mistakes and shooting themselves in the foot. Give the Pacers credit for hitting the shots. They did. But the Lakers very much stopped playing basketball, stopped converting, stopped doing what they needed to do in order to win the game and gave the Pacers every opportunity to get back in this thing. Let's see what you guys think. Again, I know not a lot of happy campers out there. Coab said, saw this loss coming as soon as the 17-point lead got erased. Yeah, that, that was inexcusable. Inexcusable from the Lakers. 
Thanks for ruining my week, Lakers. This is why you don't stop playing until the final whistle is blown. It seemed like the Lakers felt like, okay, they've got the momentum. They're good. They're going to just cruise to the finish line. And they got sloppy. And next thing you know, missed layups, turning the ball over. Pacers start hitting some threes, chip away. And then you give them an opportunity to shoot a three at the buzzer to win the game. And, and they hit it. And that's, that's what happens when you take your foot off the gas. Uh, can we please start having the Darvin Ham talk? I mean, there's a lot we can talk about. I didn't like the closing lineup for the Lakers. Uh, if you need a defensive stop, why was Westbrook in the game? That seemed weird, but I didn't think it was him that he, he didn't miss the rotation necessarily on the final play. That was actually LeBron who lost track of Nemhard um, on the final play. But yeah, look, if you're Darvin Ham, you, you're, you've got to get your team to execute down the stretch. And they did not. We saw them go to ISO ball. We saw them turn to LeBron fadeaways. And that's, it's one of my biggest pet peeves in the NBA It's when teams do this, when they get up and then once you get below the five minute mark in the fourth quarter, you stop doing the things that got you that lead and you turn to isolation basketball because you're so worried about getting the ball into the hands of one specific player. And what happens is that player has to take difficult shots because ISO play typically doesn't generate good shots. And in this case, it was LeBron. He missed those shots. And when you miss shots, particularly against a team like the Pacers, it's really good at getting out and running. Well, they're going to run on you. They're going to create good scoring opportunities for themselves. And then you're going up against their set defense again. It's a mess. It's a mess when you do that. When you go away from the things that got you there and you start to try to run clock and just keep the ball in the hands of your one player. I hate that way to finish games in the NBA. It's not just a Lakers thing. It's something we've seen fairly consistently, but it, it is a recipe to let teams back into games. It's what happens more often than not is you put teams back into games by going away from what was working. And that's exactly what the Lakers did tonight. Uh, Kyle Hampton. I mean, what the bleep, Kyle, I'm, I'm right there with you. There was, uh, there was no excuse for what we just witnessed. Again, there's, there's nothing we can look at and say, Oh, the Pacers just played great or, Oh man, you know, the Lakers, they just, they just messed up at this one point. No, there was a lot of stuff that they, uh, just where they just tripped over their own two feet. They couldn't get out of their own way and get the win that they so badly needed. You look at the Western Conference and how tightly compact everything is. There was no way that they should have lost this game or no way that they could have lost this game. And yet they found a way to do it when it was so important. I mean, it may, look, this could have a major ripple effect beyond just the standings for this season. We're talking about the trade front, right? If this front office is looking at this team and do they have what it takes in order to win games and they're trying to develop and whether or not they should be doing that is a, is a different topic. If that's the lens that the front office is looking at this through, do they have enough to win? Do they just need a little bit of extra help in order to get the job done and win games Seeing them fumble away games like this isn't going to inspire a lot of confidence. Could this potentially, and again, if you look at the schedule coming forward, it's not an easy one. Could this potentially be a hindrance to them making a deal? That's something to consider as well. There could be ramifications beyond just this game, but for right now, this is a major setback for a Lakers team that was climbing up the standings, was looking to make up ground, get into the play-in mix, and they took a, a win and they flipped it into a loss through their own sheer mistakes. An absolute mess and a disaster for the Lakers. Mario Hernandez, pain. Yep, absolutely. 
Absolutely. This is this is the kind of game where you're going to look back uh, similar to the Blazers game earlier in the season. Towards the end of the season, we're going to be looking back and we're looking at the standings and everything's close and you're, you're can, can they make it? Where are they at? Can they move up a spot? You're going to think back to this game and them doing what it took to lose it. Uh, this, this could haunt them for a long, long time. Uh, Nicholas, Darwin, know what a timeout is. Russ had too many bad shots in the fourth. Can't lose these games. Yeah, there were just, it, it was Russ, and it wasn't even just Russ, but Russ got undisciplined uh, down the stretch. We saw the same from LeBron settling for these, these you know, the, the long turnarounds and things of that nature. And uh, it ultimately created the perfect storm for, for this to happen. Uh, final stat lines, 25 points for AD, 13 boards, six assists, four blocks. Can't complain too much about AD here. Nine to 15 shooting, seven to 10 from the line. LeBron, eight for 22 after just having such a great shooting game last game. 21 points for him, but eight for 22 uh, is not going to get it done. That's just not efficient enough. And he was put into ISO situations that I didn't like. You would rather have seen the Lakers try to work for a better shot. Uh, then you've got Russ, 10 for 18. No, no problems there. Hate a couple of threes in this one, two for four, 24 points. The six turnovers hurt, but six assists, four boards. Uh, Austin Reeves was good, 13 points, two of four uh, from the field and two of three from three. Hit a couple of big threes for the Lakers. Uh, then that's, that's kind of it. You know, Dennis Schroeder had eight points and, and four assists. He had a couple of big moments for the Lakers, but again, this was uh, Lonnie Walker quiet night for him, nine points, but this was a, a game. The Lakers had, this was a game where the Lakers had, uh, again, no reason for losing this one. William Scott, this is on the coach, no timeouts in the fourth. Yeah. And, and look, the, again, we go back to the no challenge thing. There, there were some opportunities to, to use challenges, but Darvin Ham has decided not to for whatever reason. He's not using challenges. Um, so that's been unfortunate. But again, whether, whether he called timeout or not, there, there wasn't a reason why the Lakers should have lost this game. Senpai, did anyone else break almost everything near them? I, I think we're all with you on that. My mental health won't make it through the season. Ham should have benched Braun down the stretch, not AD. Yeah, look, this was just not a good performance from LeBron. Uh, big critical I mean they win this game obviously if he, he's got a layup at the end and he misses it and that leads to a, a Pacers run out if you watch the live stream on uh, playback you'll hear me talk about it all the time if you every time you miss a layup you're giving up either a layup or a three on the other end it's just it's what happens and LeBron missed a layup late Russ missed a layup late and those lead to Pacers runouts going the other direction and that's that's what happens. You cannot miss those shots at the rim. You've got to find a way to convert. And I know that's much easier said than done. Just, hey, make your layups. But, I mean, look, if either Russ or LeBron converts on those late layups that they missed, this, this, is, this is a win. At least. We would still be frustrated, but at least it's a win. Bruce, I'm shocked and in disbelief that the Lakers found a way to lose like this. Coaching was trash, subbed in Russ with five minutes to go, and it was all downhill. I mean, I think he was just trying to create something out there. I'll be curious to see what Darvin Ham says post game. But yes, it, it look, there's a lot of blame to go around here. LeBron did not have a good game. You talk about Russ's turnovers. You can talk about uh, Lonnie Walker not just being having a quiet night. You can talk, of course, about the coaching and the, the rotations that were out there, the, not calling timeout at the appropriate times, letting the Pacers get going on runs instead of using those timeouts to try to stop that momentum. Um, a lot of things added up to this. I mean, what can only be called a disaster. Zach, 
This was disgusting. No expression on my face. Second time a dude from Gonzaga beat my team at the buzzer. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way to put it. This was disgusting. This was a disgusting, despicable performance by the Lakers down the stretch in the fourth quarter to find a way to to do this. And that's that's just I think that's just the fair way to look at this. It's unfortunate, obviously, what happened, but man. This was look, if the Lakers were the one seed and they were, or even if they were the three seed and they've got a little bit of breathing room, or whatever, we could just say, okay, well, you know what? The, these kind of things happen every now and then, and, and people would be upset, of course. But where they're at in the standings, you can't do this. You just can't. You cannot afford to do this if you're going to claw your way back in. Um, you don't have that. You burned through all the margin of error that you had at the beginning of the season when you lost a bunch of, when you had all those five game losing streaks and all of that, you burned through all of that. So you have no room left to do what the Lakers just did. And so this is going to become that much more painful. It's going to be a big setback because you don't have any cushion anymore. Now you're trying to play catch up in the standings. And now you just set yourself back big time by taking a win and turning it into a loss. So that's uh, it's not good for the Lakers. I'm curious to see what they say after the game. Uh, Y'all love him. Tell me, why is Russ closing the game? Look, I agree Russ shouldn't have closed the game, especially on the defensive end of the floor when you really needed to stop. Why was Russ in the game? He's, he's not your best defender out there. So I understand that. I can understand why Ham wanted to get Russ to maybe get to the basket. Things were really stagnating. But part of that is you have to run something. It can't just be ISO and give the ball to LeBron and then go. You got to run something. Now, the Pacers, their defense really stepped it up. But again, the Lakers did that to, to themselves. They let the Pacers back in the game. So instead of the Pacers kind of playing at 75% energy, suddenly they're playing at 150% because they're thinking, oh my gosh, we could actually win this thing. And you created a big, big problem. You created a fight for yourself when it should have been kind of a cruise if you just executed and did the things you were supposed to do and you stayed disciplined and the Lakers didn't stay disciplined. You saw them start to take some poor shots and that's a huge problem against a team like the Pacers. When you start to take bad shots, when you start to make bad decisions on the offensive end, that fuels your other team's offense and puts your, puts your defense in a really tough spot. And that's exactly what the Lakers did. Again, they didn't stay disciplined on the offensive end. They took bad shots. They went ISO ball everything fell apart and they fueled the late, the Pacers offense. They said, uh, Hey, Hey, look, we're going to take this terrible shot here and that's going to get you out and running in transition. And that's going to get you a transition three. That's going to get you opportunities at the rim. The Lakers fed the Pacers offense just about at every turn down the stretch there. They did everything they could to get the Pacers offense in a transition and give them opportunities just by their own decision-making on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, again, they shot themselves in the foot in this game. Uh, I'm speechless. LeBron and Russ in the fourth, mostly during that run and horrible defensive communication and coverages were confusing and no closeouts. Yeah, the defense was a mess. Um, and again, that's that's where you can say, look, Darwin probably needs to call timeout there. It probably needs to say, look, this is what we're missing on the coverages and get things fixed and get guys, get their heads right. Um, and you didn't do that. Maybe that's this is a rookie coach. Maybe this is a symptom of a rookie coach who hasn't been in this situation before. But um, still, there there needed to be something done 
to fix the communication on the defensive end because that's what really let them down. Their defense for most of the game was pretty good. And then it just fell to pieces down the stretch. And we saw these miscues and you've got to put a stop to that. And you've got to stop the bleeding and use those timeouts in order to do it. Uh, not on Russ, but him and LeBron can't close together. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly part of it here. Uh, Francisco, was it is it me or was it a carry by Halliburton? It may have been, but I don't know. Like, I'm not going to – this is on the Lakers. I'm not going to say this is on the referees. This was on the Lakers. Uh, look, th this Pacers team lost to the Clippers last night by 14. And the Clippers without Paul George, without Kawhi. You knew the Pacers were going – look, I, I firmly believe the Pacers went into this weekend fired up for the Lakers game because of the trade rumors and everything. And so they it didn't surprise me that they had a really poor night against the Clippers. But nonetheless – you knew this team was going to come out here and go after you. You knew this team was, was circling this game on the calendar. You have to put them away. And the Lakers just did not do that. They didn't. Uh, LBJ is a ball st stopping stat padding wash. Sad. Look again, LeBron did not look at LeBron put up 39 last game. So I'm not going to say this guy's just done or anything, but this was not a good game for LeBron. It's not an efficient game. When the Lakers needed him scoring, he didn't. Now he got a bucket right at the end, which certainly helped and, and put the Lakers up. But obviously you lost the game and I thought LeBron's defensive rotations were poor pretty much the entire game. Now maybe the ankle is a problem there. So I want to, you know, we got to consider that. But his defensive rotations were not good. Nemhard was his man that that got open and hit the three to, to win the game. So yeah, it was not a good performance from, from LeBron overall. Uh, T. Kodak, how is a rookie coach our key offseason acquisition? He wants a defensive team, but puts a three-guard lineup in crunch time. Make it make sense. Team sold. I'm with you. I, I don't like the multiple. I don't. I really don't like the four-guard lineups, uh, particularly when they were starting to, I believe it was in the second quarter, they were struggling on the glass. They were giving up a bunch of offensive rebounds, and they had four guards out on the floor with, I think it was AD or, or something like that. And they can... The, the roster is two guard heavy period, just in terms of their roster construction. And so that's, that's a problem for them, but yeah, I didn't like the three guard lineup during crunch time. I didn't like their inability to get stops. There were just, there were a lot of problems there on the defensive side of the ball. I can't say there's any way to make sense. I mean, again, there shouldn't be a way to make sense of giving up a 17 point lead. There shouldn't there that, because that makes no sense. There is no, no reason. There is no, there's nothing I can point to and say, well, oh, it's because of this that they that they gave up that lead. There's no reason why any NBA team should ever give up a 17-point lead that late in the fourth quarter. Uh, not LeBron or AD's fault, just poor coaching. I mean, look, the, there were some coaching mistakes for sure, um, and I do put a lot of this on Darvin Ham, but I also look at LeBron missed some shots there. Le and also, let's face it, LeBron... When you look at what happened with the offense, LeBron's been around this league long enough to where he doesn't have to just go ISO. He also doesn't have to shoot fadeaways with, I mean, look, I know he's hit some of those, but that's not the shot that you want when your team really needs a bucket and you really need a good look and things are getting tense. ISOing LeBron and having him shoot a one-legged fadeaway from 20 feet is not ideal. That's not ideal. And that's not, Part of that's on Darvin Ham, but part of that is on LeBron too. He's on the floor. He knows what's going on. He's got to find ways to get either get better looks for himself or generate better looks for somebody else and actually run something. 
and not just ISO. Terry's G, Trevor, what happened? Well, you can read the chat and you can figure out what happened. The Lakers found a way to lose. Again, I'm seeing a lot of the word un unacceptable uh, in the chat. And yeah, that is absolutely appropriate. This was an unacceptable loss for the Lakers. Completely unacceptable. Um, no excuse for it. No excuse whatsoever. And again, I unfortunately, this is a big, big setback for this team. Jared, every time it seems they take a step forward, the Lakers say, no, we'd rather walk backwards. It's so immensely frustrating. Yeah, agreed. Look, it hasn't been as bad this season, but last season's team had a knack for doing this too. Last season's team had this weird thing where it was like if, if they had an opportunity to get a win, they would run away from it. They would just say, nope, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't want that. We're not going to do what we need to do in order to win a game. No, thank you. And yeah, here's another chance where this team this year, I mean, different team, obviously a lot of different players on it, but they had an opportunity to move up here in the standings to get a win over the four seed in the Eastern conference. They had been dominating the game. I mean, this, this was the Lakers played well in the third quarter. They, they, they won the third, they were winning the fourth and then they found a way to, to choke it away. And it reminds you of last season, the way they found a way to lose um, just by their own mistakes. And that's, that's what we saw here. So yes, it's, it's absolutely frustrating, Jared. Um, that's a good word for it. And I know a lot of people are frustrated right now and they should be, and they should be. Uh, Mike, can we talk about him not using timeouts to regroup and his terrible substitutions are killing momentum? Uh, yeah, look, not using the timeouts was a big mistake because you needed the timeouts in order to, in order to get your team on the same page. Clearly, defensively, they were making mistakes. You needed to call timeout, talk some things over, go over, things, figure out, hey, what are our coverages? Why is this not working? And to start generating some better looks, too, on the offensive end and not just ISO LeBron. And that's what they did, uh, unfortunately. So he needed to use the, that timeout that he had, um, and he didn't. And I think it cost them. I think it cost them in, the, in this game, not using one of those timeouts. That was a... Rick Carlisle is a veteran coach. He's been a good coach in this league for a long time. And I think we saw a difference between a rookie coach and a veteran coach tonight. I'm sick of how they played in the fourth Los Angeles Falcons. Kerwin says, yeah, it was, it was gross. It was absolutely gross. Ace of hearts. What is up with ham being so reluctant to play Reeves continuously in the fourth two games, lost clutch threes and hams rotations and lack of calling timeouts. Uh, preaching to the choir there. I also would prefer to see him uh, turn to Reeves and giving him more of an opportunity there in the fourth. He was playing well. How many minutes did he finish with? Austin Reeves finished with 31 minutes, but I mean, not like he had played 40 or something and he was totally out of gas. I think Austin needed to be there in the game, especially now he did get burned on the play uh, at the end with Halliburton where he just got a layup out of nothing. Um, I think that was a coverage that was, that was uh, missed though. And I would have to go back and look at it. But Austin, overall, I would trust more than most players in the game to get a defensive stop when uh, when you needed it. And he didn't. Darvin Ham didn't go to him. Which, uh, again, I don't think was the, the correct decision. Would have changed the outcome of the game. I mean, look, one shot changed the outcome of the game. Uh, Russ and Ham was trash. At seven and twelve times running out. Yeah, again, this was 
this was a chance to move up, to go to eight and 11, to get closer to 500 basketball. Cause here's the, here's the problem. You've got the Blazers next, which they're a pretty solid team. Okay. But that's not going to be an easy game by any means. And then you go on a road trip and you've got like the bucks you've got to play. Like you've got to play some of the better teams. You've got the Cavs in the Eastern conference where you just have to look at those and assume that it's a loss, right? Because you're not, I mean, look, LeBron plays well, AD plays well. Maybe you beat the Bucs, but most likely that's, that's going to be a loss. You play the Cavs in Cleveland, most likely that's going to be a loss, right? So you've got, you've got these games where they're just kind of scheduled losses, right? Well, you have to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you and win the games that are winnable so that when you hit those losses, it's not as painful because, okay, well, you know, we've got, we got these wins here, X, Y, and Z. And, uh, and so fortunately we got those. So that buffers us a little bit and keeps us closer to 500 by fumbling away this game. Now you have to go and win a game where you wouldn't expect them to win to make up for it. So that means you have to go beat the Bucs. You have to go beat the Cavs. And what's the, the likelihood of that happening? Not that high. Carlos, I was at the game tonight. I am sorry, Carlos, that you paid to go to that. LeBron, too many jumpers, not enough defense. Russ's energy was great. Crown was stunned at the buzzer. LeBron to blame. I, I think there's a lot of blame to go around, but LeBron certainly gets, gets his fair share here um, for sure. LeBron, it was not a great game. GM Mercado, just when you thought the team is gaining momentum, stuff like this happens, and just look at our next seven games. Yeah, again, you have to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you. To look at the next seven, you go Portland, which I think is a winnable game, but so was this Pacers game. This was winnable. Uh, Milwaukee, Washington, which... Okay, maybe you beat Washington, but they've also had some good games too. Cleveland, Toronto, Philly. Who knows who's going to be healthy for that Philly game? And then Detroit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Detroit is a must win. On December 11th, that is a must win for the Lakers. You have to beat Detroit. You like, I, I, I'm so big on this. You have to take advantage of the teams that you can beat. So if there is a game, like if I'm worried about, okay, if LeBron is, if his ankle is sore or something, you rest him against Milwaukee. You rest him against Cleveland. You rest him against 
uh, somebody like that. You rest him on the 13th against Boston. I don't care if he plays those games because you're probably not winning those games. Where you need to have everybody playing is Washington. You need to have everybody playing if the 76ers are banged up. Play, make sure everybody's playing that game. Uh, and then Detroit, you need everybody. You have to win those games that are winnable. Um, that's a tough stretch. That's a tough stretch. Again, Portland, Milwaukee, Washington, Cleveland, Toronto, Philly, Detroit, then Boston, then Denver, Washington again. Yeah, look, there's a lot of scheduled losses there. There's a lot. And that's particularly where this game against the Pacers comes back to haunt you. How many of those games are you going to win? Maybe they get an upset. Maybe they get two and that puts things back on track. But yeah, you have to beat Detroit. If Philly is down, you've got to get a win there. If they're if they're missing most of their players still, we'll see what happens with them on the injury front. I think you have to beat Washington, which is not a given. Washington was good tonight. Because I don't know if you're beating Milwaukee. I don't know if you're beating Cleveland. You Then you get Toronto in the second night of a back-to-back. In fact, maybe that's something you do there. If you feel like Toronto, if they're, well, they just got Pascal Siakam back, though. I don't know that Toronto is, is that much more of a winnable game than Cleveland. You're going to have to get strategic if you're trying to find any time to, to rest any of these guys and make sure that you've got everybody in for any game that is a winnable opportunity. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Again, I know there's a lot of frustration. Hopefully you guys can kind of, we'll get through this together. Joe said, Braun and Russ were awful in key moments down the stretch. This loss is on them. They both missed on some big plays. LeBron was a zero on defense on the last play. Shaking my head. Yeah, LeBron, he just lost track of his man. Um, in that situation, you, you've you got to be hyper aware of the three. Everything. In fact, that Sean and I were talking on, on playback uh, live during the game. We're just saying, just don't give up the three. Whatever you do, do not give up the three. If you have to go to overtime, don't give up the three. You give up a, a contested two, sure. Do not give up the open three. Whatever you do, don't give up the three. And LeBron lost his man, lost him hard, and, uh, and he hit the three. Um, he was LeBron got caught ball watching, wasn't quick enough to close out. And he made the effort to close out once he realized, but Nemhard was on the weak side and was just, uh, was just relocating and LeBron didn't check back to see where he was at. And it was a, a silly mistake there. And that certainly wasn't the only one. Vector Nova says, damn, we're really going to go out like that. The next two games will be tough with the Blazers and Bucks, Bucks, especially they are going to slaughter us. Yeah, again, if I'm if I'm looking for a game to rest anybody, it's the Bucks. It's the Bucks. I mean, that's that's a really good team. You can have all your guys out there, and there's a I mean, the Bucs will be a heavy favorite, even if every AD, LeBron, all of those guys, they're all playing. So again, if I'm the Lakers, I'm hyper targeting any game that is winnable in this next stretch. Detroit, Philly, if they've got people hurt, Washington, and I'm not going to worry too much about playing guys. If, if I'm looking for rest games, I'm like the Lakers resting uh, AD against the Spurs this last game, they got away with it. I don't think you can do that really. If you're the Lakers, if you're going to rest them, rest them in games that where you are a heavy underdog um, at this point, because you have to get those wins. Isaac LeBron, man, I have no words up 17 in the middle of the fourth quarter, turn over the ball numerous times, forcing shots and not scoring. Yeah, the ISO was not great. 
Sean said, seems like LeBron doesn't have the legs. Again, I don't know how much of that was the ankle. But again, if the ankle is bugging you, then you need to go to something else and not just go to ISO LeBron down the stretch um, and just got to be smarter than that. Got to be smarter. And the Lakers were just not smart down the stretch in this game at all. Uh, Sherpa Dog said, I know we all do the Kobe would have comparisons and we shouldn't always do it. But in this case, I know Kobe wouldn't be dancing and showbutting up 17 until he knew uh, his opponents were completely in the dirt. I was worried about that uh, a little bit when I saw it happening. I was a little worried that the Pacers, this might kind of fire them up and get them going. And then the Lakers gave them every opportunity to fire up and, and get going. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, I think you're right. I think you don't want to be celebrating too much until you actually get the win. And uh, the Lakers were celebrating quite a bit and didn't find a way to win the game. Instead, they did the opposite. They actively participated in turning this into a loss. And so that's something that um, came back to haunt them a little bit, celebrating too much, maybe thinking that, uh, that this game was done, that they were, uh, that they didn't have to continue to focus, that they didn't have to continue to work for good shots, that they didn't have to continue uh, to play good defense, and it burned them. James, I challenge everyone to go back and look, and you'll see the ankle injury was sleekly on purpose to cripple or limit LeBron. I didn't think Halliburton was even watching the play. I mean, I'll, like, I'll go back and look at it, but from what I saw, I didn't think that, that Halliburton was really watching LeBron's feet in that, that moment. I don't know that that was intentional there, but, and I, I would hope that it was not uh, an intentional play. Uh, Diego said, I put this on, he's calling him scam instead of ham rotations, momentum, killing, no timeouts used. No in-game adjustments. Why not Thomas Bryant and no more Wenyan? Stop with the four-guard. Yeah, uh, lineup. I, I don't like the four-guard lineup either. I think Wenyan Gabriel has proven himself. He's been an energy big for the Lakers. He's made good plays for them. And uh, and so I would have also preferred to see Wenyan out there, Thomas Bryant out there, someone to give you some kind of size instead of going with the four-guard lineup. And, uh, and so I'm in agreement. I Look, I, I would get that get that out of there if there's any way i know there's some points in games where you may be stuck or forced into that but that's not something i think you should willingly turn to is four guards on the floor like if you had a couple of wings out there sure and they kind of did at some moments where you had lonnie and, and troy brown if troy brown's out there okay but lonnie's six four austin is six five if you're asking either one of those guys to be your nominal power forward you're just you're just too small out there on the floor a uh, good punch in the mouth. Same story like last season. No lead is safe with the Lakers. Yeah, it certainly feels like no lead is safe right now. Beast mode. Transition defense is awful. Well, it wasn't even just the fact that their transition defense was bad. It was their transi transition defense is bad. And the Pacers are an excellent transition offense team. So that compounded the problem. Mom mentality. I'm pissed, Trev. Uh, me too, man. Me too. When they got... 17 to the lead they started to party and dance and stop playing basketball too much showboating this mentality issue all deserve blame ham too why not put in rebounding bigs or foul yeah um again there's there's no excuse for it no excuse for what the lakers did tonight it's reprehensible it's awful it was terrible and they're going to have to figure out some kind of a way to bounce back from this ultimately 
but they just put themselves for no reason in a very, very difficult position now moving forward. And I hope that this doesn't impact any efforts on the trade front, what they just did tonight. Uh, okay, why does LeBron insist on taking so many shots? AD was 9 of 15 for 60%. LeBron, 8 for 22. I'm convinced he uh, is a major issue, needs to take a back seat. I mean, look, LeBron had 39 last game. So let's try to, to keep some context here. But yes, LeBron was bad in this game uh, down the stretch. And I also would have preferred to see AD get some looks in the post, get him some, some efforts at the rim, and let him go from there. He seemed like he was having his way with Miles Turner. Now, easier said than done because teams have a much easier time in today's NBA than they used to in denying the entry post into the paint. But still, scheme something, get the ball into AD's hands, and let him go. If you, if the saying is we, we want the offense to run through AD, then run the offense through AD. Figure out a way to get him some looks and get him the ball so it's where he's not just taking a 20-foot jumper. Even if you need to give him the ball uh, a little bit at the wing or free throw line extended, that's at least let him go and attack off the dribble if they're going to double. Um, then you've got another challenge. But if you're the Lakers, you've got to get AD incorporated down the stretch there. He is just the more efficient scorer than anybody else on the team right now. So you needed him, and he wasn't really getting that involved. Uh, and that's on coaching. That's on the Lakers not recognizing that, hey, an AD attempt, even contested in the paint, is better than a LeBron turnaround, better than a Russ pull-up or whatever. LeBron and Russ have a similar repertoire on offense, Thomas Crown says. Yeah, I mean, they do in a way. LeBron is more efficient between the two, not necessarily tonight, but in general, LeBron's the more efficient player between the two. But yes, they both uh, can attack the basket. They both can shoot the pull-up. Um, we do sometimes see the one-legged fadeaway from Russ as well. Yeah, I suppose you could say they have a similar repertoire. They're not the same player at all, but uh, there are some similarities there for sure. And perhaps that's part of why they tend to not work great together on the floor. Nam Halliburton clearly travels before the pass. I'll go back and look at it again, but I'm, I'm hesitant to just say, oh, it should have been called a travel and let the Lakers off the hook. This is this is on the Lakers. Again, I'll go back and look as painful as it as it is. I'll go back and look at it, but this is on the Lakers for doing what they did. Uh Sean, Darvin Ham has to make an adjustment. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Some of this is on coaching. Prominent said, as embarrassing of a loss as this was, it was very competitive and fun. Competitive, yes. Fun, no. Not too mad about it. Just got to stick with the defense and clean up mistakes. Well, I'm, I'm glad you can take an optimistic look. You guys know I'm, I tend to be optimistic. I tend to be able to talk through things. I got no, I've got nothing. This, this was bad. This was awful. This was self-inflicted. This is on the Lakers. They did a terrible, terrible, horrible, very bad thing tonight. And yeah, that's, it's absolutely embarrassing. So I am mad about it. And I know a lot of you are mad about it. And I think that's warranted. But glad that somebody out there is able to process it and be okay with it. Uh, John said, LeBron trying to steal the show from Westbrook made that comeback happen brick after brick. He was trying to steal the show. So he thought Russ was getting too many cheers, you're thinking? And that caused LeBron to try to one-up him? Maybe. I don't know. 
we would have to hear something after the game, but I think that's just, I don't want to jump to that conclusion. Raphael, hate to see it, no doubt, but this type of loss is what they need to grow. Best experience. Okay, another positive spin. Austin Reeves should be untouchable. I assume you're talking about trade talks. Yeah. Um, can they grow from this? Sure. And ultimately, they have to. Ultimately, they're going to have to. They're going to have to figure out a way to grow from this, and they're going to have to come together as a team. I thought they played pretty good basketball most of the night. I thought they deserved to win this game until they spent the last six minutes of the fourth quarter proving that they didn't deserve to win the game. Um, I thought it was going to be a good through most of the fourth quarter i thought okay they had some hiccups but this was going to be a good hard-fought win where they were clearly the better team and then they unraveled all of that for the final few minutes um went out of their way to do so maybe this will be you know a good learning experience but it's going to be a while before we can come to that conclusion we're going to need to see them get into this situation again and not do the terrible things they did tonight um, in the next opportunity. Ty said LeBron has to take a step back. He's not a one. So you mean he's not a point guard or he's not like a 1A star? Uh, I'm in agreement that I think they needed to run through AD a bit more. And uh, and they didn't. And that was a big problem. JJ, I don't know how the Lakers can bounce back next game. Well, look, they almost beat the Laker, the Blazers once already this season and they shot terribly. Um. I'm not saying they're definitely going to win against the Blazers. The Blazers are going to be a good team. We'll see. It, I would imagine Damian Lillard will probably be out, but the, it's a winnable game. It's not a game that you just look at and say, this is a top tier team. There's no way they're winning this. No, it's a winnable game. I think they can bounce back, but there's a. it's not going to be handed to them either. They're going to have to fight hard to win. Heather says, we lose by not executing basketball one-on-one. There's no hustle or effort. We can't get excited after making a basket and watch the team run past us. Yeah, th especially this Pacers team. And you see it all the time in today's NBA. Um, if you, if there's any moment, like if you go and you score a layup, you're, it's a five-on-four break the other way in today's NBA. Because you're not allowed to touch the ball anymore after it goes through the hoop. And your momentum carries you off the floor. So the other team grabs the ball and they race down and they typically either get a layup or they're going to get an open look from three if they're quick at it. So if you are the Lakers, you score a layup, you score anything, you have to get back. You, you can't stop to celebrate. Unless it's a dead ball, you got to get back because the Pacers are going to come flying the other way immediately, right? And there's a lot of teams. That's not unique to them. The Lakers do it themselves. There's a lot of teams that do that. So you don't have any time in today's NBA to stop. Um, you're a man down after you make a layup in most situations. You're a man down and you've got to get whoever made that layup has got to be hustling to get back into the play and hope that their teammates can get their opponent to get the ball swinging enough to pass, pass, pass for you to get back in the play and make it five on five again. Because after you score that layup, most likely you are going to be in a five on four situation the other way where your four members of the, your defense have got to try to stall long enough for you to get back. And if you're not sprinting back immediately as fast as you can, uh, they're, they're dead meat trying to play five and four against NBA players are too good to do that. So you've got to get back very quickly. Esham against the scrubs, their championship material a team with a heartbeat. We're just making the Pelicans draft pick better. 
I know that's what everybody goes to, but that's not like we can't just focus on the Pelicans draft pick or whatever after every single loss. I know it makes it sting that much more, but after every loss, you can't just focus on the Pelicans pick. This is about the Lakers. This is about their decision-making. This is about what they do. That pick, that pick is gone, right? There's a pick swap there. Now maybe the Pelicans will start losing some games, but they've been, they've been winning enough to where it doesn't, I look, there's a lot of basketball still to play, but New Orleans is in the three seed right now. Doesn't seem likely the Lakers are going to catch them. Um, they had an opportunity to move up uh, in the standings. In fact, they would have been the 12 seed had they won this game. Now they've fallen back. They're six and a half games back now out of first place. They were just five and a half before this game. Yeah. This, uh, this definitely hurts. They are right now four and a half games back of the Pelicans. So they would have to pass the Pelicans in order for the pick swap to mean nothing. So I'm not going to focus in too much on that. But man, you look at these standings and it's clear how badly this game hurt the Lakers and where and where they're at. I hope they understand too, like where they're really at in the standings. Um, because they needed to secure that win. They needed that badly. All right, let's see what else we've got. I know a lot of people are frustrated. Again, I am too. Creasy, they're super tired at the end. No timeouts or adjustments. No timeouts to set up the defense for the last two minutes. I don't know what Ham was thinking. Yeah, I agree. I, I They needed to use those timeouts. Darvin Ham needed, again, he's a rookie head coach. You, you're going to expect some mistakes. <clears throat> and that's what we got in this one. Antoine said, this game gave me last season's vibes. So senseless. There was no reason for this loss. Is AD the first option or not? Because the last few possessions of the game, he didn't get the ball. Exactly. Exactly. No reason for the loss. And if AD is the first option, then he needs to be the first option. Then you've got to get him touches late in the game and let him do what he's going to do. And not go through Russ, not go through LeBron. Focus on getting the ball to AD when you can. You don't force it to him. You don't force it to him, but you got to actually run something. If AD is your guy, then you have to run something in order to get him the ball. Because unfortunately, it's not. we don't live in an NBA where you can just post a player up, kick the ball to the wing, and you get a free entry pass into the post like back in Shaq's day. doesn't happen anymore. So you're going to have to scheme something up in order to get him the ball. And then you also have to have a counter ready for when the double comes. And AD has got to be aware of that. And then you've got to make yourself some options off of that. But that's preferable than LeBron, who's having a poor shooting night, taking a turnaround 20-footer off of one leg. Avi B, bench Ross, honeymoon is over. I said it before. If you play Ross, LeBron gets doubled hard without making Indy pay. Uh, TB is horrible. We can't shoot. Russ isn't the answer. Like Russ, aside from the six turnovers and the missed layup at the end, I didn't think Russ was terrible in this game. He did some good things, hit some shots. Uh, you know, Russ played just fine. The turnovers were not great. He had one play where he threw the ball to LeBron, except LeBron was on the bench and he was wearing it. He wasn't like wearing his Jersey on the bench. He was wearing the shooting shirt over it. So he was in a different color and Russ threw it to LeBron who was sitting on the Lakers bench at the time and threw it out of bounds. He had some bad turnovers, but I also thought Russ had some good moments in this game too. So I can't, Totally blame, like he made mistakes down the stretch and those are loud, but I can't look at this and just totally dismiss this game for Russ. He had good moments as well. Um, as far as the bench, I don't think you're just going to bench him. Now, 
I will say when you look at this game and we ultimately ask the question, are the Lakers better off with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? Yes. I, I think there were some things we saw both those players do where I thought, man, Lakers could really use that. Um, that said, are they so much better that's worth giving up both first round picks? And do the Pacers even consider doing that right now? Because they've been winning games. I don't know. But that was another subplot for the for this game. Um, ultimately, this team's going to need a trade. But unfortunately, they're also in a situation where they have to convince the front office that they're good enough for a trade to make sense. And again, you can say that's not fair. The front office put together this team and they didn't give them the help they needed. And now they're denying them the help they needed because they can't win enough games with the team the front office put together. I get it. I understand there's some, some messiness to that. Um, some hypocrisy there but nonetheless that seems to be the situation this team's got to prove that they're good enough for the front office to, to make a trade and try to save them and this game i don't think helps with that endeavor mike e oh, my camera's going a little blurry here let me fix that see my camera's even mad and what we saw happening in this one which i understand Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Let me see if I can get that fixed. Uh, the Lakers fell back into some bad fourth quarter habits. We saw it earlier this year. It's the coach's job to prevent that and regroup the team. Yep. Agree 100%. Agree 100%. That's on Darvin Ham to regroup the team and to get them out of those habits and to call a timeout and just settle them down. Just settle them down and, hey, this is what we're going to run. Go to whatever your best play is, right? Whatever you think is going to get the best look, you can settle them down. Go to that on the offensive end. Defensively, hey, these are our coverages. This is what we're doing. You've got to take the timeouts in order to do that. John Westbrook was actually the catalyst when they built that 17-point lead. Yeah, again, Russ had his good moments. LeBron just suddenly got jealous and started to take brick after brick. I, again, I, if, if LeBron says after the game, hey, I was jealous of the attention Russ was getting from the crowd, sure. But I don't, I don't think I'm going to assume that LeBron, who's done the things that he's done in the NBA, is going to be suddenly jealous of Russ in this situation. I just think that's – we can criticize LeBron, say he didn't play well in this game, and that's, that's fair. But – you're assuming he was jealous of a player. We don't know that that's the case. But I agree. Russ was part of the building that lead. He made some nice plays. That pass to winning Gabriel for the dunk was fantastic. E said the Lakers are about to go on a 12 to 14 game losing streak. That many. No more Spurs or Pistons games to save them. Well, they do have a Pistons game in there. 
They're also going against good teams outside of crypto. December will be very bad. I I need to look at the Lakers second, like January on half of the season schedule and see, because it's like, where are they? Their, their schedule has been brutal. Now, part of it is NBA teams in general, you've got more teams going for it now. Now that there's the play-in, so there's not as many kind of gimme games on the schedule. But nonetheless, this has been, I mean, the first 10 games were ridiculous. for the, I mean, just one of the worst schedules we've seen. And then it lightened up a little bit with some games against the Spurs and against the Pistons. And now it's going right back to being super difficult again which again, just makes it that much more important that they get wins when they can. There's got to be a light. I don't recall off the top of my head, but there's got to be a lighter stretch coming up after that. But again, there's only a handful of teams in the league right now that are not really pushing to win right now. Sonic, do we still want to trade Russ? Depending, It depends on what you get. Because like, I don't think overall, big picture, and I know there's frustration right now, I don't think overall Russ is a negative. I think he's been a positive for this team. And so with that being the case, now I still think you need more out of $47 million in salary going out, but he hasn't been a negative. So I don't think there's quite as much incentive to trade him, but if you're getting back what you can, if you're getting back um, two, maybe three key pieces that you think can help this team, then sure. But you just got to be careful what you're getting back. Drew said, sorry, a positive note. Although it was a terrible loss, the first third quarters, three quarters were solid. Didn't think this team would ha even have a 17-point lead to blow. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the Lakers were really good in this game. Again, if the fourth quarter, they had played it out the same way they played out the third, most of the third, We'd be talking about what a great win this was. We'd be talking about how professional the Lakers were in terms of just getting out there, executing, doing the things they needed to do defensively, doing what they needed on the offensive end and getting it done. They, the the storyline completely changed with what they did in the fourth quarter, but the Lakers looked like a very together, very professional, very just a, a team that would win a lot of games through these first three quarters. Then they stopped doing all those things. Why did we have these small guards when we have bigger defenders in Lonnie and Troy? I have to get on Call of Duty and start shooting something. As long as it's just on Call of Duty, yeah. Um, why have all those guards out there when you've got bigger defenders in Lonnie and Troy? We'll have to see what Darvin Ham says after the game, but uh, agreed. I would rather see the big lineups out there than the small, for sure. All right, let's do a few more. Hulk says LeBron's moves, jab, step, jab, step, jab, step, fade away. Ridiculous choke job, embarrassing loss. Stop playing defense, no movement, so embarrassing. I can't disagree with, with that. The, the fade away, if that's not falling, um, would have liked to have seen LeBron get to the rim. Then at the end, he did get to the rim and missed the layup. Uh, hit a shot later, but yeah, was again, it, it was not a good LeBron performance. Campbell, none, Beverly, and picks for some wing players. I don't like the Miles Turner trade because AD can't shoot or defend wing players. Yeah, I look, I think they do need wings, but we've been saying that since the summer. We've been saying that since July that they needed more wings. There's a lot of, of teams in the NBA that, that want more wings, but this Lakers team very badly needs some more wing players. Austin said this loss really hurt me contemplating deleting league pass now. Well, 
hang in there, Austin. There's always tomorrow. Again, I know this, this was the worst loss of the season. And it's hard to watch a team do what the Lakers did tonight. And again, there's no excuse for what they did. They made these choices. They chose to act in this way and, and do what they did out there on the floor tonight. Um, just with very poor decision-making on both ends of the floor and on the bench and the coaching staff and, and all of that. But that's also kind of sports, right? There's painful moments in sports. It's, it's the way it goes. It's also what makes the celebratory moments that much sweeter because you know the pain that you've gotten through to, in order to, to get to that point. Um, yeah, uh, look, this Lakers team is going to have to move on from this at some point. They're going to have to get past it. And uh, we are too. Peanut Butter Badger, I'm so done with the four-guard lineup. AD needs to make his free throws at the end of games. Why no JTA or Thomas Bryant for defense and rebounds at the end of the game? I need a drink. Understand it. Understandable. Uh, JTA has not been part of the rotation, so I'm not surprised they didn't turn to him uh, cold off the bench. But Thomas Bryant for defense and rebounds, yeah. Yeah, I, I again, I don't like the four-guard lineup either. It's too small. And I would like to see that abolished. I'd like to see that go away. Ivan Murphy's law in full force in this game. Yep. Jason F the game. Thank God we have you for times like this. Well, look guys, I, I wish if I wasn't on air doing a show, I'd be saying much other things, right? I mean, look, I'm right there with you guys. I'm feeling this one. I'm upset after this one. Uh, again, normally I can try to, to distance myself a little bit, but, this was such a brutal loss that I'm feeling it too. So I'm right there with you guys. And I hope that if anything, just talking through it with everybody uh, helps us feel a little, not, I can't even say better. Cause that's just, that's awful. Like I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And that's, this is going to be the first thing on my mind is that the Lakers found a way to lose this game. Um, but nonetheless, maybe get it all out a little bit. Group therapy session, if you will. That's um, that's what we're doing right now. Uh, LeBron, 10 points, three for four in the first five minutes. Great. Then sprains his ankle. And when he comes back, he's diminished five for 18. That doesn't happen. LA wins by 10 plus, And he goes for 30 ham time. Ham timeout uses was horrid in that fourth on the run. Yeah, that's, uh, that's gotta be a factor here, the ankle. And I'm curious to see what he has to say after the game. But again, part of that's on LeBron. If you're not hundred percent and you know, your ankle's bugging you, then you, you shouldn't be calling for ISOs. Should be doing something else. Nam, Ham not challenging the AD play in the third. Lost us the game. We lost all momentum from that moment. That's another. I would like to hear Darvin Ham explain this. Why he doesn't use challenges. We just don't. He just doesn't use them. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about the, the AD, the and one, where he got fouled, shot the ball, hit the shot, and they said it was on the ground. Um yeah, that, that would have been a good opportunity. And then he missed one of the two free throws that resulted from that foul. Um, so you took a potential three-point play and turned it into just a point on that possession. Yeah, look, that would have been a good opportunity to challenge and say, hey, you know, we should get the bucket here. But Darvin Ham hasn't been using them. And strategically, there must be a reason behind it. But you see other coaches use challenges. Darvin is not. He's not using them. I think we've seen him use one or two all season. Dimitri. Ham should have given Dar uh, Thomas Bryant more playing time and LeBron should have taken less shots when he was clearly having a subpar shooting night. Again, yeah, that's... Look, if if LeBron 
if LeBron knows, and I want to hear what he has to say after the game, but if LeBron knows he's not 100%, then it's on him as a veteran to recognize that and to say, hey, let's run something and get the ball to AD. Let's run it. Let's not just play iso ball. And that's what they did. Was the ISO. Now, maybe LeBron's feeling fine and he just had a cold shooting night, um, aside from the start. Didn't feel like that, but we'll see what he has to say. Fernando, Vogel would have a much better defense with these players. Unfair to judge him on last year. Ham is another Palenka blunder. Fire Palenka. And see, like, I don't want to go that far. Like, I think Darvin Ham has done some really good things for the Lakers this season. I'm not going to say that he's a total blunder based off of one game. Did he make mistakes tonight? Yes, but he's also a rookie head coach. And so you have to expect that there's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be some bumps in the road. Um, this was bad. There's, there's no getting around it. This was bad. This was terrible. This was not uh, not a game they ever should have lost. And some of that does fall on to, to Darvin Ham. I also don't think that that's the tipping point where you just suddenly say, that's it. Darvin Ham is a terrible coach. This was a huge mistake. Go back to Frank Vogel. What are the Lakers doing? Why did they hire him? No, this was this was one game where he made mistakes, I think. And you can criticize some of the other decisions, but you also have to remember that whatever a coach does, somebody's going to be upset with it, right? Whatever decisions he makes, some people will say that it's the wrong decision. Now, I think there's a lot of people who don't like the rotations, who don't like this and that and the other. Um, but reality is, with the team's record, as is, there's going to be plenty of blame to go around, and some of that's going to fall on Darvin Ham. I don't think that this is the point, though, where you just say, He's a bad coach. Did he make some mistakes tonight? Yes, but I think that's going too far. Uh, Caden, if Russ continues to play at this level, how much do you expect him to get paid next year? And is it worth re-signing him if you can get him for a good deal? Somewhere in the 10 to 15 million range, maybe? I mean, he's been, like, he's probably the front runner for sixth man of the year right now. He's been really good. At least I think he should be. Um, he's been good off the bench for the Lakers. Um, relative to what a bench player would bring. Again, not at 47, he's not bringing you $47 million worth of production. There's no question there. But in terms of being a bench player, if you were paying him $10 million off the bench, you'd be feeling pretty good right now uh, with what you were getting out of Russell Westbrook. You're not. Um, you're not getting that because uh, you're paying him $47 million. But uh, is it worth resigning him? Well, he is one guy that they will actually have bird rights on. So maybe. Maybe. All right. Let's see what else we've got here before we wrap things up. Oh, man, we've been going for an hour already. This is what happens when we get these games where it just madness ensues. Uh, Eugene, do you rewatch games like this? I, no, I don't hate myself that much uh, to rewatch a game like this. I, I might catch some highlights and things and try to watch like some different plays specifically, but I'm certainly going to try to avoid the fourth quarter and keep myself in a positive mind space here. Nico, the Lakers need to capitalize on every winnable game, especially at home, trade Westbrook and one pick for healed. If you did that, you would also generate a huge trade exception, which you could then use in another deal. Um, yeah, I agree. They need to capitalize on every winnable game, especially at home. This was it. And they did not. Uh, Dre Johnson, I don't know why with seconds on the clock after you miss a shot and rebound, you wouldn't just take the foul in the paint and let them tie, lose or overtime, um, no three. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
that's, I think in general, the play in that point is you're not like, if you were up three, then taking the foul would make sense. But otherwise, and making them shoot two free throws, then taking the foul makes sense. But up two, you generally want to contest and not just give them a couple of free throws, unless they're about to make a layup and you just grab a guy and make sure he doesn't get the shot up or something like that. Um, and the general strategy is not to foul there. Um, it's not to allow the three either, but it's not to foul in that situation. If you're up three, then yeah, you, you foul. Big Meech, the sad thing is that the Pacers commentators the entire fourth quarter repeatedly, uh, repeatedly said the Lakers will give us the game, just wait. Uh, that's gross if that's the case, but, but unfortunately the Lakers did just that. Um, kept saying, just wait, they'll let you back in the game. And the Lakers did that. They let the Pacers back in the game for, again, for no reason. Uh, Jonathan, wanting AD over Braun, you will be disappointed. Braun resume sealed. AD is soft. Braun needs shooters and AD needs to follow. AD was having a better game than LeBron was. I don't think there's any debating that AD has been on a tear lately. He's been fantastic. Um, yeah, so I don't... Anthony Davis over the last two weeks has been better than LeBron. I don't think that's a hot take or anything like that. Uh, Handy said, uh, they played good up to the fourth quarter down the stretch, had too many turnovers, uh, took bad shots, and can't rebound. Uh, could have put Bryant and Gabriel and young legs in for defense. Yeah, I would have liked to seen to have seen Wenyan out there to help with the rebounding. I think that would have been um, a positive for the Lakers to get him on the floor and help with those getting those boards. Uh, DeAndre AD has been playing historically good. Why not post him down the stretch? Ham stopped playing Braun, Russ, uh, and AD together down the stretch in the fourth. Again, teams can do what they can double in the post to prevent that entry pass. But that's where you have to kick into your counters and do something to still generate an open look. The Lakers chose not to do that, preferring to just give the ball to LeBron and let him ISO. It wasn't working. And um, look, I'm in agreement. I would rather try to get the ball to AD. And if that's not there, then take what the defense is giving you and create a look that way. I think that was, and then if they don't take away the pass to AD, then you give the ball to AD and let him either make the decision or take the shot. I, especially looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. but even in the moment, it felt like, yeah, AD needed to be more involved and needed to get uh, touches on the ball. All right, everybody. Let's do two more here. Mikey Wenyan led the team in offensive rebounds in only 13 minutes. He should have been in late instead of Schroeder. Yeah, I thought Wenyan was really good this game, especially on the glass. He was providing the hustle plays. I, I Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him out there. La Mamba said, who had the better game, Westbrook or Heald and Turner? I think combined Heald and Turner were better uh, than Russ. And, and what, the question isn't, are they better? The question is, are they two first-round picks unprotected better? That's the question. Itest says, coaching down the stretch was a problem. Facts over feelings, I guess. I'm not going to disagree. This was, this was not a great night for a lot of players. It's also not a great night for Darvin Ham and his coaching. All right, everybody. Let's wrap things up there. If you uh, sent in a super chat and I didn't get to it yet, I will put it on the next show, which I'll record tomorrow. But appreciate everybody for joining me tonight. Again, this was a tough one. Um, not easy to watch this team do this. But um, 
Hopefully, hopefully they can bounce back on Wednesday against the Blazers. Hopefully better days do lay ahead. Difficult one right now, but appreciate everybody for joining me and uh, getting through this together. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.